When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. They give it to Roger. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Four-man Alabama rush. Got him. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yep. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Technique College Football Podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmies and the Joes. I'm Mitch Mason, joined across the way by both of my co-hosts, uh, Trey Reeves, of course, on the ones and twos. You've been riding uh, shotgun here for a little bit, but Garrett Turney returns the show back from vacation. Garrett, uh, you've got some stories I think you're going to share maybe in the next episode, but uh, how, how was it in general? Oh, it was just fantastic. Great time down there in Gulf Shores. Got to go to Florabama a little bit. I got a little story about Florabama whenever we do the next episode, but it was a fantastic time. Great just to get my toes in the sand and get a little salt water in my mouth. Just a little bit of sunburn, but yeah, really good time. Pumped to be back, but uh, yeah, great little uh, weekend, extended weekend getaway. Oh, fun. Glad to glad to hear it. Um, it's it's a bummer that you come back to such unfortunate Unfortunately, news. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Trey, as, as you said in the group text, um, this is the second second week in a row, the second Thursday in a row that college football has um, truly thrown their hands up and said, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, there appears to be some inebriation at the top. The <laughs> Big Ten is poaching USC and UCLA as soon as 2024, according to everybody and their mother now. Uh, we, oh we thought boy. about recording this pod basically as soon as the news broke um, over the lunch, uh, the lunch break hour, but we wanted to see if this was going to be legit, and we wanted to see how this develops. And not only is it legit, I mean, potentially the Board of Regents are voting on it tonight in the big they, 10. Yeah, they, they're, the big 10 is a meeting as we're recording this. Uh, and it's basically multiple people have re- reported. It's going to be a formality. Um, yeah. it'll be a unanimous vote to accept both USC and UCLA into the big 10. So we've got a lot of thoughts on this and, and I want this to be very much a city hall meeting on the, on this move on the state of college football. Garrett, we haven't heard your voice in a long time, so I'll give you the first word here. Uh, well, if it's a city hall, I'd like to make a motion to just disband college football. It's all over. Burn it down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, this is a bummer. I mean, I think there is something nice about, you know, when you're talking about conference realignment, you talk about that. I don't have any problem with conference realignment as an idea, right? And I kind of figured, you know, last year with Texas and Oklahoma making the jump to the SEC, that we'd be looking at more realignment as things went on. I didn't necessarily think it would have been the traditional powers 
of conferences that are on the other side of the country uh, that are going to other conferences with plenty of powers. Um, I mean, I guess it makes your conference stronger. It brings in TV revenue, brings in markets, I guess. But at a certain point, you just got to kind of ask yourself, what are you doing when you have a UCLA to Rutgers road trip that takes like 41 hours or whatever it is? I mean, how are, that doesn't serve your fans, I don't think. It doesn't serve, um, you know, anybody, you know, on the on the team or the coaching staff or the trainers or anyone has to figure out the logistics. Uh, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, it's I didn't have this news on the bingo card for June 30th, 2022. No. I don't think it seems like it caught the whole college football world off guard too. It like it doesn't seem like there were really anybody in the media world that was really like, "Oh yeah, like we can point back to this thing that gave us a hint that this might happen." But yeah, like like you said Garrett, there's two the two powers two of the powers in the Pac-12 conference moving and joining a conference where the closest member is almost 2,000 miles away um, in Nebraska. So, I mean, first of all, good for the Big Ten, right? Like, they, they're they kind sure, of in yeah. this proxy war with the SEC. They obviously, you know, this means nothing now, but they formed the alliance last summer after the SEC <laughs> announced the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. They formed the alliance with the ACC and PAC 12. And then they take the two biggest brands in the PAC 12 and kind of stab their alliance mates in the back. So, man, I mean, good for the big 10, right? I mean, at least on paper, they add two huge brands. They expand their markets into the California, into the West coast. And it's two brands that are nationally relevant in more sports than just football. You talk about basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. on down the list, softball, women's basketball. Just you get, the list keeps going. Um, and I think that what what you're going to see is we really just have two conferences that are going to be nationally relevant now. And I don't think that's good for the sport. I am pro having relevant discussions, relevant discussions nationally. And you'll still have some teams in the Pac-12 that can rise up, like an Oregon, like a Utah, if they stay, you know. But, man, it, it, it's just really rough to think about what this is going to look like less than five years from now. We're going to have basically two conferences that are dictating everything. And not that those haven't been the two most powerful conferences already, but you're having relevant discussions about the Big 12, about the ACC about the Pac-12. All three of those leagues are just in survival mode right now. And if they don't make moves, if they don't form an actual alliance, maybe, um, they're looking at basically just becoming the new G5. Which is, uh, yeah, that that group of five class might be getting ready to expand. You know, we talked about that on the Big 12 podcast, how even though they're losing Texas and Oklahoma, we think that the competition is going to be good enough. And, you know, BYU and UCF, Houston... Cincinnati can at least together fill some of that void from a competition standpoint to make them relevant. Now, though, I don't see how that's possible, as the Big Ten will undoubtedly need to bring on more schools to compete with the SEC. Uh, and you know, now you've essentially got an arms race, right, where the SEC might have started it. Now the Big Ten has responded. Um and, and you're, you've got Super League aspirations. It's, it's very, very clear from a financial standpoint, from a competition standpoint. You know, Trey, you and I were, were talking uh, before we hit record. 
I truly don't see another, at least in college football, I don't see a champion that comes from outside of the SEC or the new look Big Ten for the foreseeable future. I mean, literally, it's what, Clemson against the world, and that's if things stay as it is right now. I mean, you could certainly make a case that Oregon could be competitive, but you know, in in a, a shell of the Pac-12, which now becomes the Pac-10, and you know, now you're really starting to question the Conference of Champions moniker. Uh, I mean, there's just so many ripple effects, so many waves of of change that get pushed across the landscape. And you know, I mean, this is bigger than football too. Like, obviously, this is a college football podcast, but I think some of the biggest ramifications are happening in other sports like baseball and basketball, right? I mean, they've already started talking about travel partners in basketball, midweek games, how difficult that's going to be is, you know, UCLA, USC have to travel all the way to Piscataway to play Rutgers in, in conference games. Um, you know, the idea of a travel partner is not really a division one thing that that's very real at the D2 level, which I know all about um, and, and have helped set up some of those schedules, but right not here at the D1 level. This is, it, it just, it doesn't make sense from any standpoint other than a financial standpoint and just from kind of a brand recognition standpoint that the Big Ten is trying to build a rival to the SEC that is the standard of competition in in college sports right now. Yeah, and I mean, the move geographically, obviously it doesn't make sense for UCLA and USC to be in a conference with teams in Ohio and all the way to New Jersey, right? Financially, you're absolutely right. It makes sense. Like the USC and UCLA are probably going to at least double what they bring in annually in television revenue, which is just an insane amount of money that more than covers the travel expenses that will be involved for all of their teams. Um, And I mean, I think USC and UCLA probably saw that the future of the Pac-12 is, I mean, shady at best, even with them in the conference. I mean, there's not really a lot of, when you talk about geographically, there weren't any more teams that the Pac-12 could conceivably add that would really build that brand of that conference. Maybe you could dip into Texas and Oklahoma and get a Texas Tech or a Baylor or an Oklahoma State, but Other than that, I mean, you're looking at Hawaii or Boise State or BYU, who the Big 12 grabbed up, and just not really a lot of value that's going to make that worthwhile. UCLA and USC, I mean, I've said this about pretty much everybody that has made this conference jump. Like, good for them for seeing that, you know, this is a better deal for them. At the end of the day, if you're a school, you have to look out for number one, right? It's the same thing AM and Missouri did moving to the SEC. It's the same thing Nebraska did moving to the Big Ten, Colorado to the Pac-12, uh, Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC. Good for them for working out a deal and leveraging their brand, but man, does it put the rest of college football just in a really weird spot. And just kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit, like, I mean, full disclosure, all of us are – went to Texas A&M, right? So like for me, I'm happy that our school is in the big boys club. Like we don't have to worry about, you know, scavenging for seconds basically in the big 12 or the ACC or the PAC 12, but goodness, I, I just look around the country and I'm just like really bummed out that it, it just seems like we're moving to an AFC and an NFC and being NFL light. And I just really don't think, 
I don't think that's good for the sport long term. I think that kind of loses its charm and lose it makes it lose a lot of things that make it great. Well, and to your point, I mean, a big reason for why we started the podcast was because we don't just care about our school, right? We don't just care right. about where we went to college. We like the college football landscape. We like talking about it. You know, our group text is always blowing up on a Saturday in the fall. Just, oh my gosh, do you see that play? Oh my gosh, you see what happened over here? Whoa, that was nuts. Because we actually do care about watching the football games that happen across the country. And now we're looking at a situation where, you know, the quality of that product is probably going to take a pretty big hit. I mean, yes, it's going to make for some really fun matchups when we talk about the two big conferences, right? Like, I'm excited to see the future USC versus Michigan or, you know, something like that. Like, that's going to be a fun game, objectively speaking. But then you have to start asking yourself, like, okay, well, what about the brands like Oregon and Utah? And, you know, that's to say that that's the Pac-12. Maybe the Pac-12 ends up dissolving with the Big 12 now absorbing a couple of those teams. I've seen people talking about grabbing the Arizona schools and then, you know, grabbing Utah and trying to pull, you know, some of that into the Big 12 to make their conference bigger. But at a certain point, you just kind of have to ask yourself, like, what are the quality of the teams that you're bringing in? And to something that Mitch had just said before this, you know, we're talking about power five teams. Is this going to turn into the power two and then the G eight? Like, is this where we're going? Are are we going to see such absurd conference realignment where, you know, at some point Oregon needs to get out. So they jump in because the SEC has a bigger deal because nothing screams the Southeastern conference more than Eugene. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about here? Where where are we going to this? Are we going to see maybe Hawaii make a jump to the ACC where they're literally in a different ocean? But if they have the right deal, then maybe I guess it works. I, I mean, this just it's not great for the product. It's not great for what college football is. And, and it kind of cheapens the postseason as well. What are we going to do with the playoff? Right? Like, are we going to say four teams take the two that just played in the conference championships in the big boy club? Right? Because the committee clearly cares about resume. There's going to be a giant strength of schedule gap between the top two conferences and the rest of football. Yeah. Yeah, And I I think, I mean, just one more thing on that. Like USC, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, USC and UCLA haven't been nationally relevant in a decade. You're absolutely right. But USC just, couple things usc just automatically draws eyeballs into that conference like they are a national brand they're a very historic power ucla as well has had a lot of success throughout history they just naturally grab eyeballs and attention especially being in los angeles and also it's about more than just these two schools like i'll just bring up nicole auerbachs from the athletic she tweeted earlier today that she got off the phone with someone who believes this eventually leads to two mega conferences the big 10 and sec with 20 or more members apiece. So this isn't, this isn't just going to end at USC and UCLA. Like multiple people have reported that the big 10 is not interested in just adding USC and UCLA. The SEC is not going to just sit idly by and let the big 10 get to 20 while they stay at 16. This is going to be a chess match basically between the big 10 and SEC ESPN and Fox. If you want to get really cynical, um competing to see who can add the most brands we're basically getting into the territory where it's i don't know it's it seems a lot like european soccer to me and there's a lot of great things about european soccer but you saw what happened when they tried to build that super league last year it just fell completely flat because 
the national leagues and the actual fans didn't want that. And I think a lot of fans don't want this to be a, a league where we only care about two parts of the country. Yeah. To- 20 team conferences could not be a worse idea. Like to put it in perspective, the AFC and the NFC and the NFL have 16 teams each. Yeah. Like it'll be less intimate within your own conference than it is. If you were say like the Cowboys playing the bears, right? It, it, it doesn't really matter. Those two games aren't really rivalry games. Those games don't matter that much to those fan bases. Cause they play, you know, one time in a massive, you know, it's now 17 game schedule, but that's what we're talking about when we talk about we're missing out on like what it means to have those like tighter knit conferences, games that matter, the the product getting worse. Like it, it's just it's not going to help even in the bigger conferences. Like you were saying with the TV deals, great, just going to be two mega conferences, but that doesn't help even the big conferences from the standpoint of what do you care about showing up to watch? Because realistically, you're going to have a couple good teams in those conferences. And then let's say that you're like what we were saying with the Rutgers Rutgers is not going to care too much about football at all, because if they're not at the top, then they are buried under 19 other teams. And then why do they care about a regular season? Right. Why, why do they care about a regular season matchup, even with a big team? Cause you know, you rotate your big teams, you know, too frequently, you can't possibly play everyone in a season. So the, the games, they lose their significance a little bit in the regular season as well. I, I do wonder if, like, to counter that point, because, you know, so many schools will complain, well, we don't have the funds, we don't have the money to invest fully in a football program and be able to sustain all these other sports, um, you know, men's and women's sports, uh, obviously, with, with Title IX. So just to be compliant, a lot of schools have to spread those resources out so much that they can't field a competitive team in every single sport. Now, though, if we truly go to the Fox versus ESPN league, which, I mean, that's what it is, cynical or not, that's that's truly what it will be. Yep. Um, and it makes sense financially because that's where the dollars are, right? These media rights deals are getting stupid amounts of money poured into them. And so it's not like the powers that be in the SEC and the Big Ten are, are, you know, just evil people trying to destroy college football. They're just following the money, which we think and a lot of other people think will destroy college football. It, it ruins what we love about the game. Because, yeah, while we do love Alabama versus Ohio State for a national championship game, the regular season and those games in Piscataway, in Stillwater, in Provo – that don't really mean anything on the national scale because maybe Utah's not ready to challenge for the national championship yet. Maybe who cared about the national relevancy of Penn State versus Illinois last year, right? Or Texas A&M LSU a couple of years ago when they went to those long overtime games, right? Neither game had big-time national relevance when it came to deciding who will be a national champion. And yet those are some of our fondest memories over the last couple of seasons because that's what's entertaining to us. The rivalries, the the traditions, the little things that go into what makes a college football Saturday for us is what makes this game great, not number one versus number two, you know, every single week in a meeting of the power conferences, uh, you know, at, at the end of the season. In fact, viewership oftentimes goes down 
uh, when you get to the postseason because a lot of people either you know have had their fun and their team's not in it, so they don't really care, or you know to some extent where people are tired of seeing you know Bama versus Georgia over and over again. Right. Uh, that's not going down with this new this new power league. There might be a little bit more you know parity as teams like UCLA suddenly can say, hey, we're in the Big Ten. We can you know, have a chance to play for national championships on a week-in, week-out basis. Is Chip Kelly able to say that right now? No. They can't even compete for the Pac-12 South title as it is right now. They signed like 11 high school kids, I think I was reading today. So UCLA has no, has no sort of pitch as to why a kid should come and compete on a national scale. Maybe that gets better in this new Big Ten, but I think the, uh, you know, the overall experience, the overall, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Just uh, the overall happy, happy, fun times. The mystique. Feeling. The mystique yeah. of college football just yeah, kind of falls away. away a little bit. It yeah, it, it, it feels significantly more corporate. It feels significantly more just about money. And look, I, I, we, we are not going to pretend like it hasn't been that way for a long time. Right. Like I listed off all those other decisions to change conferences. Those were also primarily motivated by money and schools looking out for themselves over their conferences and trying to make the most money possible. I get that. I'm not going to stick my head in the sand and pretend like that hasn't been a thing for decades. But when you just start getting completely ridiculous, like just just plot the new Big Ten out on a map. If you want to it's look to see how absurd it is. And yeah. people have already done that on Twitter. But like, man, who who's the natural rival in, in the Big Ten for the for USC? Like, other than UCLA. Like, it, 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 doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me no. to just throw well, and there's a all point that out the window. They're rivals. They're rivals because you probably know people that went to both colleges. Like if you're in that region of the country, right? Yeah. So like if you grew up in, you know, the Southeast, for example, if you grew up in, let's say, you know, somewhere in Mississippi, you know, people that went to Ole Miss and you know, people that went to Mississippi state, but you probably know people that went to Alabama and to Auburn. You probably know people who went North to Tennessee. You probably know people who went to Arkansas and LSU. And so, you know, people who went to these different colleges. And so that's something to talk about when you come home from college for the, you know, Thanksgiving break and you just got done with that season or, or, you know, people that when it's a road trip, you go stay with them. You know, this is stuff that we know about because we've done this too, right? Like we've known people at different colleges. And so we go, we visit with them and then we go to the game with them and it's kind of weird because it's a hostile environment. We're just with some friend from high school, but that's what makes college football fun. I think at least, I mean, it's, it's fun because you know, these people and it's something to talk about between people you care about. And then typically Whenever you get out and you go out into the workforce, you know, people in that area who went to all these different schools as well. You work alongside these people. So it's, you know, water cooler trash talk and whatever else like that. That's the point of this is that if you're talking about a big matchup like that, if you're, you know, living in Columbus, Ohio. Right. And you're talking about the Ohio State game that just went down with USC. You're probably not, you know, talking with a USC grad over the water cooler, you know, when you go to work Monday, right? That's probably right. not something that's super meaningful. You probably didn't grow up with people who went across the country to USC. Not a, not a lot of them at least. Right. And that, that's, I, I guess that's kind of the, 
the issue with this sort of doesn't matter where you end up. Let's just make a mega conference with big brands. It works for pro sports, but it just, it's not, I don't know. It's not college. Well, it works for pro sports because there's a natural connection to the team that really doesn't make sense when you break it down and think about it. Like we, we, we root for the Cowboys because we are in proximity to the Cowboys. And for some people that follow college football, that's, that's their story, right? There's a lot of people that root for schools that didn't go to those schools and that's fine. But as long as you're not being obnoxious about it to people that actually went to other schools, but that's a whole (laughs) nother, that's a whole nother rant. Um, There's, there's a geographic connection to pro teams. Like we all think it's annoying when we have a Yankees fan at work in Texas. Like, dude, you have never even been to New York. Stop trying to pretend like you're a Yankees fan. Right. (laughs) But for college sports, what makes them unique and what makes them great for the vast majority of the fans, there's that intense connection that you're talking about. Like we went to that school. We have friends that went to the rival rival school. It's not, it's just completely different from pro sports. So to treat it just from a financial aspect, like you would treat a pro sport, just completely throws what makes it great out the window. And that's what's frustrating. Well, so what, what, what do conferences like the Big Ten, the ACC, and now the Pac-10 Big 12. do? Well, right. huh? The Big 12, ACC yeah. and Pac-12? Yeah. Yeah, yeah what, what, do, what do they do? I, because it, it feels like they've either got to find some sort of new alliance, new combination, or get left in the past, right? I, I mean, it, you know, like like you said, you're you're naive if you don't think that the SEC and the Big Ten aren't going to keep going and keep trying to poach more talent from, from these schools. I mean, what's to say that the SEC doesn't say, hey, Oklahoma State, come on over. We got, we got Oklahoma already. We see you're a 10-win-a-year program in, in, uh, in football. Baseball, you're always in the top 10. I, I don't really know anything else about other Cowboy sports, but come on down. You know, <laughs> why, why, why doesn't Oklahoma State belong in a conference that you know, also hosts uh, you know, schools in the exact same footprint, right? Yeah. Makes sense to me. Why, why can't Clemson? Why can't Clemson come into the SEC? Well, it really depends on, I think, who these next dominoes are to fall. Because like, if you go back to the Nicole Auerbach tweet, if you're looking at 20-ish teams per conference, and we can probably spend a whole podcast like breaking down like what we think might happen, but I mean, there are several big brands that you'd probably assume the SEC targets next. Probably teams like Florida State, Miami, uh, Clemson, maybe North, one of the North Carolina schools. I don't know. Um, it really depends on who those next dominoes are fall. I think the natural alliance probably forms between the Pac-10 and Big 12. If you're looking yeah. at just, you know, who makes the most sense from, I mean, we're throwing geography out the window, it seems like, but from a geographical, at least relative uh, making sense, um, you probably think the Pac-12 and Big 12 are the ones that, um, would combine together to form an alliance, but you also still have West Virginia in the Big 12. And where do they fit in? Are they going to be able to go travel to a baseball game in Corvallis, uh, Oregon? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, there's just all this stuff you have to That's figure hard out. To think about. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't. It's because we're not really treating this like college football. We're trying to treat this right. like a pro sport. And when you try to fit, 
the college football foot into the pro sports shoe, it just doesn't fit. And it's not, I, I'm really cynical about this working out, but back to the question, it, it really depends on who those next dominoes are to fall. I think Notre Dame is probably the team with the most leverage here. I think probably the SEC and the Big Ten are going to court the Irish extremely hard and they get to just kind of sit back and get treated like a five-star recruit in this process and get <laughs> loved on by Greg Sankey and the big 10 and hear about the NIL the, deals. The big 10 can exactly. have Notre Dame. I want no part of them. And it doesn't, <laughs> I mean like you, it doesn't make sense, but look, they've, they've been saying that, you know, Oh, we don't need a conference for so long. Then fine. Then we don't, you know, the sec doesn't need you. Okay. But hear me out. If we bring in Notre Dame to the sec, we as the governing body of the SEC. Yes, we. Yes, we. Yes. We, we get to maybe replace uh, Gary Daniels with Mike Tirico on NBC. So you know, yeah, but that's then not but, a but terrible then NBC, call. But then does NBC get to make a play instead? Of, I mean, like, look, listen, listen. The this point is, here is that everything's whole... dissolving. That's the point. Is that yeah. NBC doesn't matter? You know, Fox and ESPN. Those are the two you know TV stations now, and nobody else. I have a bone to pick with NBC for other sporting reasons. Uh, CBS isn't great, um, uh, but they are iconic, right? I mean, their coverage of sure. SEC football on Saturday is iconic. Keep NBC and their mismanaged media hands away from my <laughs> Please and thank you. Um, well, I mean, as far as the conferences go, though, I almost feel like one of those three has to go away. I don't mean dissolve necessarily entirely, but it just kind of doesn't feel like there's room in this, you know, eventually maybe 20 team mega conference type of thing. It just doesn't really feel like there's space or that there's enough big programs to fill up five power conferences. So, uh, you know, yeah. it might just be, you know, a spot where two of those conferences start looking at who do we pick off? You know, maybe if I'm the ACC, I'm probably calling West Virginia yesterday. You know, yeah. I'm calling them and saying, hey, come on back. We'll make a deal. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to look around if I'm one of them, you know, you might also see some of the, maybe the lower teams in that, and some of those conferences start to maybe make a step down to a current G5 program. So they can be kind of a big fish, little pond situation. If they're just kind of reading the writing on the walls and realizing this whole thing is about to be dissolved, maybe I might as well get in good while I have some leverage. If you ask me the big teams to look at right now, if I'm just talking about next step. I think probably Oregon is one to look at because I can't imagine Oregon's going to get left behind in the Pac-12. I just can't imagine that they're going to let that happen, especially after Dan Lanning, you know, getting hired up there. They're making some investments in the program, Nike flagship. Like that's just not, that's not a move they're going to make where they're going to sit back and wait on this to work itself out. Um, and I also, I'd probably keep my eye on kind of like we, you guys are saying with Florida state and Miami. I think those are two big ones to look at right now. If they sort of hold their ground, I think this could sort of prolong and you could see the ACC hang on. If they jump ship, you can just say the ACC is over and it'll be uh, sort of the big 12, 16, however many teams they end up putting out there and then the pack continuing on. Yeah, it really depends on what those schools want to do. Right. Like, are they going to listen to the pitch from the SEC and the big 12? Like, is Florida State going to listen to the SEC and say – yeah, that sounds good to me. Like, let's jump into this big league. Or do they really believe that if they stay in the ACC, the ACC is still 
a viable conference and the ACC can be attractive to teams that want to make the jump to their conference. Maybe they can they be a part of a team that recruits Notre Dame to be a full-time member of the ACC. I, I think Notre Dame jumping to the ACC would probably make them have, let them have a seat at that big boy table just yep. because of the branding that comes with that. But I think we're looking at a max of four major conferences and yep. probably three. And really that three is going to be two and a half. Like you, you would probably say that that third major conference is really lacking someone in a brand from a brand standpoint. Um, yeah, it really depends on what those teams want to do. Do they listen to the recruiting pitch from these uh, from the SEC and the Big Ten, or do they stand pat and say we're going to hold our ground here and try to be the big dog in this conference? The the conference that needs to dissolve, if there is going to be a a, a lack of you know one conference kind of going away, is the Big Twelve, right? I mean they've 100%. lost yep. they've lost Texas and Oklahoma. Um, geographically, the SEC can fill in for that, and then you know the Pac twelve, which is just more of a historic conference. Um, I think would really find a way to survive. And, you know, people are saying the Big 12 needs to make the calls to the Pac-12 schools that remain. I think it's the other way around. I think the Pac-12 needs to find some sort of way, if they truly value their history, to stay alive. Because they are the most irrelevant Power 5 conference. There's no doubt about it now. Yep. Even with well, Texas and Oklahoma leaving, I, in football at least, which is what, what which is what the revenue generator is, Right. Because even with baseball, even with Stanford and Oregon State perpetually being top five national seeds, that does not move the financial meter. No. College baseball doesn't bring in It's football and somewhat basketball. Yes. And so, you know, does the Pac-12 compete in those, in in basketball and baseball? Of course they do. Of course they do. In football, though, other than Oregon, we haven't really seen – true competition out of that conference in in quite a little bit so when it comes down to the dollars and cents and again we don't have any idea what the actual math is um to me i know a lot of people are saying the big 12 needs to give the pac-12 a call because the big 12 obviously has i don't know if they have momentum losing texas and ou but at least they're bringing in four new schools the pac-12 is just bleeding all over the place but i think they need to find a way as mismanaged as larry scott uh went about his business in the Pac-12 and I mean that I think the history books will look back and just shame Larry Scott for being asleep at the wheel his entire tenure um could be the guy that killed college football as we know it could be it could be which is which is really really unfortunate next thing I will I I will push back just really quickly on your history thing just really quickly like the Big 12 didn't technically begin in 1996 they were the big eight before that sure and a merger is kind of in their dna right so th- there's a lot of history like oklahoma state kansas state iowa state kansas um before that nebraska oklahoma colorado um and missouri were all in a conference together for decades before they merged with the four texas schools from the southwest conference and became the big 12 so mm-hmm. At least from those four schools, there's a lot of history that's wanting to be preserved. But I agree, like the brand from the brand standpoint, I do think it's kind of a it, it, I, I, there's not a lot to work with on either side. I think the biggest brand at the table right now is Oregon, and 
after that in both conferences, it's a lot of teams hoping that they can latch on to the big boy table. I think the best solution is to just merge those two conferences and maybe you have to have some tough conversations with the Houston's and uh, West Virginia's of the world. West Virginia probably decides they don't want to be in a conference where they have to fly across three time zones for every game. <laughs> yeah. And that might naturally work itself out. But I think the solution right now is to try to merge those two. I'm, I'm just trying They're to both going to have to swallow their pride. Like it's probably right. not going to be called the pack right. 20 or the big 20. Like they're going to have to be a rename. Yeah. Rebrand the buy the rights from the big West. I don't know. Like yeah. just <laughs> rebrand and swallow your pride. So you can stay at the big. Right. Just go buy the big sky conferences rights because the entire travel is going to be in the sky. So everyone's going to be in the sky the whole time you're playing in this conference. Frequent flyer oh. miles, baby. Yep. You know, we we could talk about kind of the, and I, I think we've alluded to it, the death of not only kind of our idea of what college football is, but also very much so the death of what college football is in reality. Because as these mega conferences come together, you can kiss the normal group of five schools goodbye as far as FBS Division One teams. I have no idea how that mess is going to get worked out because you have a hundred and what 32 FBS schools that play football. It's well over 300 that play basketball and baseball. I mean, the air traffic control on dictating who goes where and which other conferences are going to survive because from a financial standpoint, these other schools are in trouble. Uh, the the revenue that they generate being associated in conferences with um, or playing against these other schools is massive. I mean, straight up, it's the lifeblood for a lot of these schools. FCS athletic departments are funded by playing Power Five, the Alabamas of the world, in mm-hmm. football every single year. Prairie View A&M cashes a gigantic portion of revenue when they get beat by A&M 60-7 to 7 on senior day in November, right? And, you know, that's always the the argument to people that say, oh, well, this school, you know, why are you scheduling FCS programs? Like, yes, is is that team using it as a practice game? 100%. Are they also literally keeping people in their jobs at that school? Also, yes. So that's going to be an absolute apocalypse figuring out. Um, and, and I'm sure as more of this develops, we'll, we'll talk about that. The, the next thing that I wanted to ask you guys, though, I mean, this has to be the death of a four-team college football playoff, right? Like, the entire postseason model now has to change starting in 2024, no? Yeah, that's well, done. There's no way they keep up with that. Yeah, I mean, there's it's not a coincidence that you're seeing all these moves in 2024 and 2025 um, when the contract of the college football playoff runs out in 2025. So, yeah, not, not a coincidence. I think it's interesting. Man, I, I would just love to be a fly on the wall at maybe like a Power 5 commissioners retreat weekend, just the backstabbing that has happened <laughs> over the last two years. Because like, yeah. if you if we could just back the timeline up a little bit, remember the SEC, come, I, I believe it was the SEC, came out with this propo- the proposal for the 12-team playoff and allegedly had the votes and everyone was singing Kumbaya and really happy about expanding access to the playoff. And then a couple weeks later, it leaks that 
Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC. The SEC was trying to keep that behind closed doors until um, until a vote could be had on the expansion of the playoff. And all hell breaks loose. The 12-team plan falls through. They don't have the votes. We get the alliance from the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12, which obviously does not matter. Didn't as even Kevin Warren demonstrated. Kevin Warren stabs them in the back. Um, and, you, I mean, you could write a teen drama movie about this like it, it, it's insane so yeah i mean <laughs> it, college football is broken like we, we we shattered it into a million pieces and we're gonna have to put it back together again on the other side this this move changes everything it, like you, you you mentioning it, Kevin Warren's name reminds me that my one of my senior thesis projects to get my master's was an expose on the failure of Kevin Warren's leadership over COVID. But man, anyway, no. that, that made me chuckle. Please continue. Yeah, I mean, th- this really like this movement changes everything in college football. You look at the realignment over the past decade plus, and the schools that moved conferences over the past decade, your Texas A&M's, your Missouri's, your Colorado's, your Utah's, your even Texas and Oklahoma last year, that was kind of looked at as a like, okay, you know, they're looking out for what's best for them. They are moving to a better, more secure situation in their eyes. Good for them. Here's a pat on the back and we'll kind of adjust from there. We might lose some rivalries. We might have to adjust traditions and schedules, but it'll all work out. This is completely different. This mm-hmm. completely changes college football forever. And that we can't put the genie back in the bottle after this. Yeah. Well, and I don't know that this was necessarily step one in the you know way that everything no, played out. We, we've been building but, to this. We've been building, yeah. like as a lot of people will tell you, we've been building to the super conference model for a decade plus. And right. that was even thrown around on message boards in like 2010, where... <laughs> When before yeah. the first real big dominoes of power conference teams moving around, like it was thrown around, like, hey, eventually we're going to be four 16 team super conferences. And the Pac 12, right. ironically, Larry Scott was the guy that tried to tried to be the first one right. back he in 2010. He, you. he tried to basically get the entire Big 12 South um, to join the Pac 12. And that fell through because Texas AM. Uh, wanted to broker their own deal with the SEC, basically. Um, so yeah, this has been a decade plus in the making, right. but now that we're here, this is just I don't the think, day that the bomb dropped. This, this is, is the day the bomb is. dropped, but this is not. I don't think this is how anybody expected it to happen. I don't think if if you had truth serum, I don't think anyone expected the two West Coast, the two biggest names on the West Coast, to be moving to a conference in the Midwest, right? Like. That that just does not it doesn't logically make sense. It no. doesn't logically make any sense. If if you had to make me bet all of my money, like if you told me maybe a month ago, hey, next month there's gonna be two like historically massive programs, you know, and they're gonna move conferences, it's gonna be a big deal. What's gonna happen? I just said, Wow, that's pretty crazy. I guess it's crazy that Notre Dame finally found a conference or you know, I can't believe Florida State joined the SEC. Right. Or, Clemson yeah. bolted for the, you know, SEC or something like that. I I could have told you maybe any of those things. I never would have guessed that USC would go get, you know, corn fed up in the, you know, Big Ten conference. But no, I don't know. That doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but hey, that's where we are now. It's yeah, it's kind of a scary new world, right? I mean, 
so many things that are unknown. Obviously, it's going to remain relatively normal through the 2022 season, through 2023 as the Sun Belt adds a bunch of schools, as the Big 12 adds uh, their four schools. Um, and this this move for USC and UCLA not expected to take place um, until 2024 at the earliest from what we're hearing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many new details to be to be solved. And, and, you know, like we've been saying, this will not be the last domino that drops. There will be other schools that by 2024 join one of these two conferences. I mean, everything is going to get shaken up. Um uh, which, uh, yeah, which is which is a bummer, but um, it is it is what it is. So you know, while today is obviously a, a big newsworthy day, I think it's also just truly uh, the, the, the death of a salesman. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a fun day for for enthusiasts of of college football. There's a reason why we like college football over the NFL, and mo not most but a lot of those elements are are just one by one being picked off as mm -hmm. um as the corporations realize that they can monetize the heck out of out of our pastime yeah and i will say to to kind of break from the doom and gloom a little bit there's a path to this still being really exciting right sure. i think there's a path to this being awesome that road is just really narrow and it's going to have to come from probably a lot of people that have been competing against each other. I'm looking at the ACC. I'm looking at the big 12. I'm looking at the remaining pack 10 banding together, swallowing their pride and saying like, okay, we're going to stand up to the big bullies mm -hmm. and keep at least some semblance of what we currently have in college football. So there's going to be a lot of teams left off the merry-go-round when it's done spinning. Um, don't know exactly who those teams are, are yet, but, there's going to be a lot of unhappy fan bases that are kind of realizing that they didn't have a seat at the dance. They were left off of um, left off of that train. So, But I do think there is a way that this is still going to be – it's still going to be awesome. We're still going to love Saturdays in the fall when um, two conference foes are squaring off. There's still going to be a lot to love about college football. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this is just a scary time, and we don't know the exact direction that this is going. Hey, and I'll still get up for the 9 a.m. kickoff uh, for the Ohio State at USC game. I'll get up for that one. So, yeah, big noon kickoff has a whole yeah, new big uh, noon is very has a whole new there. time zone that they can draw oh. on. So, <laughs> yeah, there are going to be some weird game times, weird body clock game times for sure going forward. Um, and shout out to the equipment truck drivers, the lost heroes in all of this, the 40-hour road trip from Los Angeles to Piscataway. Good luck. I, yeah, I, I think subscribe to our podcast and you'll have a lot to listen to on your, on your drive. All right. Well, we're churning out content at a at a rapid rate. And uh, I'll say this on a happy note. There's a reason why we're doing that. The sport has been really, really cool. Um, you yeah. know, as, as far as uh, people writing into the show, people following us, the interactions that we get over on uh, the Twitter space, especially um, actually Instagram falling a little bit behind. Twitter. So head on over. If you haven't followed us on Twitter or Instagram, 3TechPod, um, please do so. Let us know where you're listening from. We've got people all over the country, all four corners of the United States, as well as those in Canada and Mexico that are tuning in to get a little bit of American football action as well. Uh, fellas, any, anything else that we need to, to talk about before we wrap this up? No, I think we should, uh, we should definitely try to draw out 
what we would do. And I think that would be some pretty cool content to get some discussion going. Just sure, yeah. if we were one of the other three power five conferences, what we would do from here. So I don't know, be on the lookout for that. We'll, we'll provide some cool discussion on that on social media. <laughs> I think mine might, uh, replicate that meme. They, you know, try not to cry, lie down, cry a lot. Um, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's where the big, the big 12 and the pac 12 especially are right now. I think the, the pac 12 is yeah. meeting right now. And I think I did just see a live tweet that that was what was going on, that there yeah. was yeah a lot of crying. <laughs> There's sobbing, gnashing, gnashing of teeth. Yes. Yeah, there's some there's some fingers of strong spirits being poured in those rooms um, <laughs> as the powers that be try and figure out. Okay, how do we survive going forward? Um, but uh, yeah, guys, that'll that'll wrap it up here. Um, another billboard material episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to the uh, state of the Big Twelve and Texas recruiting episode that I recorded with friend of the show, Austin Taylor. Please go listen to that. I thought that was a fantastic discussion. Austin knows his stuff. He knows the Big 12 footprint very, very well. Has worked at a couple of institutions there. And uh, yeah, really, really good discussion. So head on over there, follow us on social media, and uh, just get ready for the previews. That is less than two weeks away now. We're excited. The research is well underway, and uh, we're excited to bring that to you guys. For Garrett Turney, for Trey Reeves, I'm Mitch Mason. Until next time, so long, everybody.